You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. Today is episode two of a three-part series with a bonus content. This is all coming about because we have a lot of new listeners and we keep getting some of the similar questions time after time, and we want to address all of them here on the podcast. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to the first episode, go back and listen to the last week's on when is the ideal time to start a plan, planned emancipation. Today's episode is about starting planned emancipation late. So this is episode two of a three-part series. So make sure you listen to the first one and make sure you come back next week for the third. At the end of our three-part series, we're going to have some bonus content. Dr. Ken, let's talk about this bonus episode briefly. You mean the bonus content that makes me nervous? Yes, Uh, that one. I'm I'm (laughs) going to attempt to record uh, a message directly to your teenager. Okay. The reason it makes me nervous is that teenagers, the last thing I want to hear is here's a doctor that I want you to listen to, but it will be the, the message, the summary message that I try to get across to all teenagers that depending upon, you'll know your teenager, I don't, but -hmm. depending upon that kid uh, for many of your teenagers, it might actually be quite helpful for them to hear. This is the thing that we, as your parents are trying to do. And this is the, what the guy says to you about what this is all about. So it'd be a direct, uh, basically recording uh, to talk to teenagers about the flip side of feeding them out that bites you, your, your need to grow up and what your parents are trying to do. This is awesome. So it's going to be as if we're listening as a fly on the wall to what you really say to a teenager. Now it'll be generic, but this is what you would say to a teen if they were sitting right right in your office. That's right. That's exactly right. This is going to be good. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) So I did start planned emancipation late with my son Mm. because I, your book wasn't even out, Dr. Ken. (laughs) So I was just making it up as I went until (laughs) I got the book. And then I had a manual of how to do this thing. We were doing sacrifices to Molech. We didn't know anything. We, We didn't hear until. Yeah. No, that's I, a lot of our listeners, Dr. Yeah. Ken. Yeah. We get listeners that yeah. are like, yeah. I just found your yeah. podcast. Yeah. My kid is 16 or 17 and they're mm-hmm. so freaked out. And I think it's so cute. Like I love it when we get these emails and these questions um, because they're so scared. They're like, wait a minute. I love what you're saying, but my kid's 17. Like, is it too late? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It mm-hmm. makes me kind of feel bad for them. So, but I know. Yeah. And yeah. I worried about it last week because last week, you know, when we talked about the ideal way to start. I mm-hmm. definitely could hear Ashley, those parents going, Oh no, I didn't do that. I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And parents are so intense now. I say that all the time. You guys, you guys are way more intense than we were and certainly more than my parents. And they did fine. There's just For such sure. a, how do mm-hmm. I know I'm doing it right thing? So yeah, mm-hmm. this is about starting later, like, like Jessica did. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I think too, when you start later, you already have some of these, maybe bad patterns established in your relationship. Maybe you're coming to this podcast because you're just looking for some answers because you're frustrated and struggling with your teenager and it's always a battle and it's getting worse, you know? And so you're thinking, how do I start something new? I haven't been doing this all along. It feels kind of fake or fraudulent if I just 
say, Hey, here's a new plan, kid. Oh, that's you know, a good point. How yeah. do you, how do you approach this t- conversation with your kid without seeming like you've got some, got them on some new program? Well, you're wearing a new t-shirt. What are you doing? Why are we mm-hmm. doing this? Well, and <laughs> mm-hmm. actually, and to be honest, how do you do it in a way that your teenager doesn't wad it up and throw it on the floor uh, mm-hmm. as yeah. a, you know, uh, just another thing you're making me do. So mm-hmm. first of all, and Jessica, you're a good example of this for a lot of parents, Planned emancipation, feeding the mouth to bite you is a clarification of an impulse that you already had. You know, many parents don't read this book and go, oh, I've been feeding baby food to my kid all this time. It's not brand new news, but I just hadn't really thought about it like this. And more Mm -hmm. importantly, if you haven't been as clear in your thinking, you probably have not been clear in the message you've been giving. So very often you want to think about that what you want to be doing isn't so much that there'll be some things you absolutely change, but a lot of times it's a matter of how do I emphasize and clarify so that my teenager understands what we're trying to do. So that, yeah, it does start with a little talk. I'd be careful about the talk thing. A lot of teenagers, if you're like, hey, come downstairs, we need to talk to you. That's always bad news and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not a good thing. So I think it's easier if you just start by talking about yourself. I've had many parents, even this last month, that their instructions were, uh, I think you should go home and tell your teenager that you came to see me today. Hey, we paid a shrink and we went and talked to him about you and about us. And he says that we've been kind of uh, communicating a message uh, that is uh, disrespectful and patronizing to you. You know, so you actually can or you can hold the book up and go, Mm -hmm. guess what? We read this thing and, and here's the thing, you don't want to walk back that we've been doing it wrong. You haven't been doing it wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. very few parents I see are doing it wrong. There's just a mixed message. It's why I ended up having to write the book. There's a lot of good books about adolescence, but that clear road, as Ashley was saying last time, that clear path of how do you know you're doing it right? You're doing a path of letting go. So you start that path with an older teenager, 16, 17, very reasonably with an explanation of why are we doing this? Just like you said, Jessica, they're going to be going, what is this, some new thing? Yeah, it kind of is because we read this book or we found this podcast. And so here's what we realized. And I would put it like this. We realized that very often when we're trying to help you, especially about things that we're worried about for you, we realize that that may come across to you as disrespectful, like you think that we think you're a child. And we're sorry about that. We don't want to be telling you, we're tr- we didn't want to be mainly saying that we think you can't handle anything. So if that's the message that it sounds like to you from us, then we're sorry. And, and with many of your teenagers, you can even use their anger as, as it, remember the thing when I'll say, uh, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And you go, nothing. And you seem mad at me. Turns out that's a sign that you're a young adult. We didn't really think about it like that. And we think that our questions and our help, quote, helping you is annoying to you. And it turns out that's a sign of a young adult. And we didn't really think of it that way. So we want to change that because we've been trying to help, but we have not been trying to give the message that we don't trust you to handle anything. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Again, I don't think you want to be you know, bearing your soul in some confession booth to a teenager. Right. But it is about mm-hmm. clarifying, especially that, that I think when we get really worried and we try to help you, 
we, we now see that that comes across to you as disrespect. And, and with many teenagers, it would be really cool if you can get them to agree that, yeah, that's, that is kind of what it feels like. And we'll talk next week about what I talked to teenagers about, but that you can actually use their annoyance as a signal to them that, you know what, we're, we're seeing now why that's annoying to you because uh, it, it goes against the respect you're looking for as a young adult. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it could go one of two ways, their response to us as parents. So let's say we've had that conversation, Dr. Ken, either one, I can imagine that they're just going to be annoyed and be like, yeah, right. And they don't believe us. Um, And then two, they kind of have like a sigh of relief. Like, well, well, good. Like, well, yeah, like you understand now they're not going to say that, but they'll think that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, So then what do we do as parents? After that, Dr. Ken, let's say we just had this conversation and our teen is just annoyed. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a great question. I hadn't really thought about it that way because I'll add a third one. So there's the annoyed, you know, mm-hmm. which is usually that I don't even want to hear this. It's you, you're, you're giving a speech to me or whatever. The other is the relief. And that's a good sign. The third is kind of a confusion. Like, OK, you know, like, I don't know. So. Uh, you might think about that there's nothing wrong with if you have an annoyed teenager, then you can stop the conversation at that point. If if it seems like they're really taking this wrong, like like what and teenagers will do that. You'll be saying good news and they're waiting for the yeah, yeah, but but what? What am I grounded? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I think since it's nothing but good news that you're telling them, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I think this is even annoying you that I'm talking. So we just wanted to tell you that that we're sorry if we've come across disrespectful. Uh, and that's all we had. Thanks. I mean, I think that's not a bad thing to start with if you've got this snapping wolf dog of a teenager that's like what 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 are you you know and and doesn't trust you and then wait and pick the conversation up again in a couple of days um that would even include uh here's here's a list of things that here's what we mean that we really want you to know that these are things that isn't because we're looking the other way or we're not tired of fighting you these are things we do believe you need to make your own choice about even if we don't like your choice and that's i've said before is a critical difference between a less supervised good child that has more responsibility that means we we trust you to make the decisions we think you should make even when we're not there these are different you may make decisions about music or friends that we don't agree with but it's up to you so um, so yeah, I think if you get the annoyed, then you might just mm-hmm. put the list away and go, you know what, why don't we talk tomorrow? If you get and, relief, then yeah, you could keep going. But also to remind parents also that this freedoms list isn't earned. So That's if you do right. have that annoyed teenager that we just had this conversation and they kind of seem annoyed, they kind of seem like, yeah, right. Um, that you can't then revoke that what you just said and be like, well, you have a bad attitude, sir. You know, never mind. <laughs> yeah, which is a good example of what can happen. Yeah. And if you do this mm-hmm. begrudgingly, like, mm-hmm. well, we talked to this doctor and he says we have to do this, but 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 okay, but here's what you can't do. They can tell that. That's when you get a freedoms list wadded up and thrown on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I had some parents just yesterday whose kid has some real uh, issues, uh, autism spectrum and some immaturities. And, you know, if you're real clear about this freedom, you can even add, like you said, this isn't earned. You can even add, as you know, this freedom to choose your own friends, for example. Uh, I don't even think you're great at that. But you know what? You're too old for me to be telling you that. 
And yeah. you know full well that we fear the choices that you make. That's a good thing to say. It's not a matter of having to be all positive self-esteemy that we, we think you do great. You know, got to be honest, it worries us, the choices you make. But in this area, you're too old to answer to your mommy and daddy about that. You must make your own choices. I'm not kidding. That's a message that is oxygen for a kid mm -hmm. who needs individuation messages. And number two, I love when teenagers are mystified, when they look at you like, wait, what? No, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to ask us, really? What about so-and-so? You don't even like him. You, you're right. And uh, I still don't like him. It's not my business. It's your friend, not mine. I just love, if you do it right, some of your teenagers, like you said, Ashley, will be relieved, but some of them will be a bit mystified. So much the better. But if they're annoyed, feel free to stop and pick this up later so that you're not misunderstood. I love the quote, uh, to the degree your teen can predict you, they will dismiss you. Ooh. And so every once in a while, you got to pull the rug. No, it wasn't you. That's I can't one. remember who it was, but I wrote <laughs> it down and I memorized it at one point. And I thought, you know what? That's true about our kids. Like sometimes they just need to have their minds blown a little bit like, Mom yeah. and dad are not predictable every time. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So let's talk about your freedoms list and you have it on your book in page 56. We talked about this last week for, you know, the ideal time to start um, planned emancipation is 13. We talked right. about the list there. We talked about um, using your own judgment to listen to music and deciding when to go to bed, uh, keeping your room clean or dirty. What are some things that you would add to that list, say for middle teenage years that you would say, Hey, these need to be on your, on your radar and on your kids list. Yeah. So we talked last time about with a 13 year old, which I think I forgot about the, um, bedtime, you know, choose your own bedtime, which mm -hmm. is a good 13 year old. It's a moderately short list and mostly includes the things that you actually can't control. Mm -hmm. But if you're at a later stage, then you need to be careful and make that list uh, have teeth, like a real list that includes some things. So by middle and later adolescence, you want to be thinking about including um, choice of uh, clothing mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, you can often uh, keep the limit on for girls on the uh, there's a whole episode we did on this. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as long as it is not too short, too tight or too low. You can now choose even that gross black stuff that you think is so great. That's your call now. Things that are, you know, it's a little painful to give over. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked about uh, handling school as long as you keep minimum grades. If you haven't done that uh, early, then you almost always by 15, 16, you need to be giving that over. You don't want to, even if a, a teenager is cooperative with you being their little secretary and uh, ordering their time, it's too late to keep doing that. You need to give that over. You handle school the way you need to handle it, as long as your minimum grades. Um, other things on that list would be um, driving is not technically a freedom because, um, you know, certainly freedom to get your driver's license, but, you know, it's your car and it's really always something that's uh, you're giving parameters to. Um, so that, that rarely is a great freedom. Um, uh, I don't know, you're looking church? at the list. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a good one. You could definitely start things, especially for our, uh, frightened Christian families that uh, you want to look for. Um, first is that point. I think by senior year, we did that in mm -hmm. our house. Uh, you can choose whether you want to go to church or not, especially your cooperative good kid that's in the praise team at church still say to him, 
we love that you like doing church, but you need to know that starting this year, whether you even go or not is between you and God, you want that message out there. But Mm -hmm. uh, a year before that, you could look at, especially if the kid's pushing back, which is happening more and more and more, you can say, look, you know what, is there, if there's another Christian church that you want to your friend's church or whatever, uh, if you can get a ride there, you can go there if you want, because, you know, we don't need you to love our church. Uh, So you can look for that freedom. And then you want to not put this on the list, but you want to start stating out loud the clarity, the option that, you know, we wonder if you even believe this stuff. You really want to let them know that we understand that you are too old for us to assume that you believe the same thing we assume uh, that we believe just because we're your parents. You need to make give those messages out. You never want a teenager. I, I get so tired when a teenager says, yeah, no, I'm not a Christian. Don't tell my parents, OK? They're going to be mad. Mad? <laughs> Ma- about what? Uh, I, and I'll even tell them, hey, you're in luck. If your parents are Christians, then they know the Bible says that. Uh, your having faith or lack of faith is up to God. It's not an ideology. And so, you know, he chooses you. So you could throw that in their face because it's not like you're disobeying Mm -hmm. them. And as we know, that issue is way too important to be Mm -hmm. making that something that's offensive to your parents. If you don't want to go to church, it's way too big for that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's one you want to start working on um, by middle and late adolescence. Dating, usually, you know, there's very little reason to officially allow dating before 16. Dating Mm -hmm. means you can get in a car and go with another, an opposite sex person on dates. Um, But at 16, I think I told you, I told my kids, you're free to date if you want to. I don't recommend it, but it's your call. Um, (laughs) uh, Those are the kind of things that uh, you want to, yeah, you want to, if it's a later adolescence, you start with the apology that we think our attempts to help have been sound disrespectful and here's what we mean by you're an adult and for a very late adolescent it may be a long list Mm -hmm. you know by senior Mm -hmm. year there's not much left other than that you have curfew until the day you graduate high school Mm -hmm. i want to encourage our listeners to if you haven't bought the book and read it read the book and if you have some questions go back and listen to some of our previous episodes we have covered so many things and the, the book and the podcast are not, um, they don't replace one another. They're both, they're, they're created to go along with each other. Dr. Ken had written the book several years ago. And then from that came the podcast because mm-hmm. we wanted to cover current topics and what's going on. But there are some things that are so laid out in the book so clearly um, that is beneficial to parents to just read the book. Yeah. So, and, and, and I know why you're saying that. Cause you know me, I'm self-conscious about pushing books. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I know we get some really great messages from people saying, ah, podcast so helpful. I've ordered the book, but let me ask yeah. you these questions. And you're like, uh, okay, that's chapter yeah, two. That's, that's chapter book. six. It's there. Mm-hmm. So, but not yeah. only that, like I'm a visual person. And so I like the visual aspect of looking at the list. And sure. map like Dr. Mm-hmm. Ken did a really great job. And I'm not just saying that he's not paying me to say this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Dr. Ken did a really great job in writing the book, um, in such a way that it just makes sense to parents, um, the whole plan emancipation thing. And I think it's great that it's never too late to start. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And since I'm not visual, the audiobook. Uh, if you want a good way to way over listen to my voice and get tired of it, which people come and say, 
let's get the audiobook. It's like, hey, I've been listening to you all day. Do I have to still listen to you? Well, you know, I like I said at the beginning, I started this with my son when he was about 15 years old. And right away, I realized I had over-parented and over-controlled so many areas uh, that I didn't hadn't even thought about. I hadn't thought about giving you know, him freedom to listen to his own music. He did listen to his own music, but then I'd get mad at him about what he was listening to. Right. And we'd have arguments, right? So I'd say, I can't believe you're listening to this stuff is trash. You need to, you know, clean yeah. it up, listen to something that's uplifting, you know, that sort of thing. The first thing I noticed was the minute I stopped trying to control and parent in these areas where I was no longer welcome, the conversation could open up and we would start mm-hmm. having a dialogue about you know, I can't listen to that stuff. I don't know how you can listen to that stuff. It makes me feel horrible after, you know, I, I listen to some of those lyrics. It makes me sad. I just, I can't do that. I have to to listen to something more uplifting, you know, where I could, I could say what I felt without him feeling the need that I, that I was going to jump back in and tell him he couldn't listen to whatever. That's a perfect example because a lot of our listeners have a pretty decent relationship with their teenager, but -hmm. these little flare-ups, and mm-hmm. that's a good example where, you know, most of the time we didn't, you know, we didn't say anything about his music, but every once in a while. And the pro- the only difficulty with that is that you're straining the good relationship that you have. And if you and I'll talk about this when I next time when I talk about what I t- tell the teenagers, if you listen to teenagers all day for 30 years, you'd be stunned how paranoid they are so that they would never assume you know, if you say, well, I thought your folks never said much about your music. Yeah, but that's only because and fill in the blank with something other than they respect my adulthood. It'll be I wore them down. Uh, you know, they're just mm-hmm. building up, massing their troops until they take over. They're just paranoid little creatures that you want to clarify that message that remember those times I'm not saying anything. That's because it, I recognize it's up to you now. And that that mm-hmm. changes the feedback that you gave. Exactly like you said, then you can say, Ugh, that, you listen to mm-hmm. that? But it, it's received from adult to adult instead of that defensiveness. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, and the last thing I'll mention is that parenting in general, but definitely planned emancipation, this parenting is not math. I've said before, it's not a straight line from here to there. It's like sailing. You tack this way and you tack that way and you ultimately end up at that ultimate goal of autonomy with a decent relationship but when you find yourself tacking too far one direction with and again i would put it this way with misunderstood attempts to help that Mm -hmm. seem disrespect then you tack the other way and let them know uh, as best you can the clarity of the message that we see that you are you are a young adult and you will arrive at complete autonomy as an adult in this house. You can grow up here. You don't just have to get away. And that message is never too late to start uh, and literally can start, um, you know, uh, it's it, like if you have a senior, uh, you can absolutely start now in this last few months with just mm-hmm. a strong apology of, I think you've been misreading us and we've been mis- not clear about this and jump straight into that. It'll just be a mm-hmm. long freedoms list and you got to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Because they'll test the waters. I that, remember yes, they will. <laughs> the whole room thing, you know, and uh, they're going to, they're going to see, is she really giving me this freedom or are these empty words, you know, mm-hmm. and you'll walk That's into right. the room and it looks like a tornado came through and you're like, wow, wow. you're really running with this aren't you (laughs) and next next week we'll talk about that you know a lot of parents don't really know the general thing that i will talk to teenagers and the flip Mm -hmm. side of this is me talking to a teenager about 
dude, why are you so upset? They didn't ground you. She just said, Oh, I hate your room. So what? Pat your mom on her head and send her on her way. There's a, <laughs> you know, there's an aspect of this of, of act like an adult mm-hmm. and, and it will be easier. Don't keep, you know, freaking out because they're not treating me like an adult, be an adult, mm-hmm. but that comes that's next time. Yes. And I can say as a parent, it is hard because we do slip back into our old ways. And sometimes I have to keep apologizing. Oh yeah. You know, and and I do think, I mean, we've talked about music, we've talked about your room, but I think the thing that's hardest for me always, and maybe not hardest, but one of the things that's most important to me is my kids' relationships and their friendships. And, you know, I I realized early on that I can't control who they're friends with at school. I mean, I can control who comes, who's welcome at my home, that sort of thing, or whether or not they're going on a date. But there are a lot of times that, you know, you don't have any control of who they're hanging out with at school. And, um, you know, just the ability to have a conversation about it and say, "Ah, I don't know if I'd like it if she treated me that way you know, in an effective one, opening that, yeah. Opening that conversation so that you can have real conversation with your kids and they want to ask your opinion about things. And that's shocking. It's like this happened today at school. I don't know what to do, you know, and then I can offer my thoughts, you know, and it's open to me because, because they know that I can't interfere. I'm not going to allow myself to interfere with their business. I'm not going to her mom about it. You know, I'm not going to tattle on your friend (laughs) (laughs) sort of thing. Yes. So it is great to be able to give your kids over these freedoms and, um, and watch them sometimes fail, sometimes flourish, you know, it's hard. It's not a, it's not a straight line, but, um, know that these kids are going to be, um, really ready for adulthood. And I think that's our ultimate goal as parents. Before we wrap up today, I wanted to remind you guys that you can join us on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. And if you click that link, it'll take you to our Patreon page. Patreon supporters are what keeps this ministry going. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.